1: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 956 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, May the 31st. I'm your host Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast, and of course, please make sure to check out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We got so much stuff cooking for you right now, covering the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, the baseball season as the Toronto Blue Jays continue to hit 7,000 home runs a game. Go listen to Locked On Blue. Blue Jays to get the lowdown on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Alec Manoa and all the other very fun children who are destroying opposing pitching and batters on the Blue Jays, Uh, despite some recent heartbreaking losses. It's all good. Uh, Also, you can find this show on your favorite podcast providers. It's always appreciated when you leave a little rating or a review to show your support. And uh, let's get to it on today's show, which is brought to you by our friends over at Locker Room, which you can download the app and join us every single week on Locker Room, or most weeks. We missed last week, but we will do most weeks on Locker Room. Uh, Download it, hang out, follow me at Sean Woodley, and get into it. Locker Room's changing the way we talk about sports. On today's show, we are continuing the season from hell in review as we continue to break down the performances of every single player on the roster. We'll also do the coaching staff. We'll do the front office as well over the course of the next couple weeks here before really ramping up our draft coverage. And uh, joining me to continue on our season from Hell in Review with a look at Chris Boucher is our pal Vivek Jacob here for a Big V Monday. Vivek, what's going on, man?
2: Nothing much. Uh, The French Open is on. That's what's going on. And unfortunately, (laughs) it has not been a good start for the Canadians. Uh, Mm. Bianca just lost a heartbreaker. Just finished watching that. Milos Raonic pulled out before the tournament began. Denis Shapovalov pulled out. The shoulder injury before the tournament began, so it's down to Felix and Layla. Layla, well, at least she came through. She had a really impressive win in the first round. So, well, that's because Layla's
1: got the Vivek Jacob bump. <laughs> <laughs> that's get, true. The story is still by out by there Big for v. You are, uh, yeah. You get profiled by Big V. You're a setup for success. There's, please profile me. Oh, I want to uh, move up in life and that seems like the best avenue to do it um, sure
2: that'll be my next pitch to CBC
1: thank you uh- <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's get into this. As we've been doing for all of these player review episodes, we're starting off with sort of our biggest overarching take from the season uh, of The Player, and then we're going to dive into some more sort of specific development stuff in the second segment, and the final segment is devoted to what the future looks like. Will a player be around next year? What's their slot next year on the team? Let's begin with Chris Boucher. I can't say words. It's Monday. Oh, my God. Uh, let's begin with Chris Boucher and uh, your overarching takeaway from his... First season kind of breaking out for the Raptors. I know he was good for t- in 2019 as a sort of high-energy bench player, but he was uh, very prevalent in the Raptors' plans this season before he got hurt at the tail end of the year. He was uh, a nice, pleasant surprise, was in the conversation for six-man of the year, most improved even at the start of the year. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from Chris Boucher's season in Toronto?
2: I think the biggest takeaway is the fact that we know exactly what he is now, and That is, he is a power forward. He is not a center. He's not a small forward. I think we've all sort of had that debate of like what position is best suited for him. And so he's established that he can be that stretch forward. Um, I think uh, one thing that did stand out to me is he's a much better, you know, shooter from above the break than he is in the corners. Um, and, And it's pretty interesting. Like this season he shot, 31% from the corners and 40% on non-corner threes. So for me, that ability to stretch the floor and really leave uh, those driving lanes open um, is something that's important uh, in his role. Uh, Obviously, you need that accompanying five who can do that as well. But uh, yeah, I liked what he did uh, for the most part of the season. We can get into the defensive side of it a little bit, but I think for him, that clarity on what he can offer a team is probably the biggest takeaway.
1: Yeah, that's a well taken point. I think for me, my takeaway from Chris Boucher is I still don't really understand Chris Boucher. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I famously I think have been I mean not famously whatever this amounts to as fame is not much but um, you know I think I've kind of usually held the mantle as being a bit of a Chris Boucher pessimist. I think um, before his enormous game in L.A. the one that he kind of broke out last season uh, with the Raptors shorthanded, I believe I tweeted in the first quarter of the game he ended up breaking out as I just don't think Chris Boucher is an NBA player as much as we want his passport uh, or as much as we wanted to be because of his passport and then he goes on and becomes an NBA player basically from then on out. Um, this season obviously a market improvement. He sees his usage go up. He sees just his sort of role within the team become far more prominent less of an energy guy and more of a sort of relied upon foundational piece of bench units and starting lineups as well. 14 starts this season for him through all the injuries and everything and Even through all that, even with him having a very good plus 6.8 on-off differential for the Raptors, one of the better ones on the team, he had the best uh, on-court net rating of any regular for the team this year at plus 3.8 per 100 possessions. Even with all of that, I still don't really know how much I trust him and how much I want to see him factor big time into the plans going forward. He's, you know, I think we're going to get into the defensive stuff. That's where my biggest questions come. But even in the offensive end, you know, it, there's not a lot of sort of versatility there, honestly. It's like a lot of pick and pop. It's a lot of sort of weird, like, herky-jerky dives and trying to score through guys with his, like, strange, elongated limbs flowing out in strange directions. Um, you know, it, it doesn't feel very smooth all the time. But at some point, I feel like I maybe just have to realize, like, no, he's good and everything he does suggests that he's good. I still, though, if I'm talking about, like, playoffs and important high-stakes games, I'm not sure I'd ever trust Chris Boucher on the Florida high-stakes game. It's a very strange sort of player type to analyze and figure out. Are you with me in kind of having a little bit of uncertainty about what his utility is at like the highest level, considering we didn't really see much high-stakes basketball this season as Boucher was kind of having his breakout?
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think along with knowing what he is as a player, I still don't see him uh, as a truly impactful player in terms of, uh, you know, winning. And sure. so I think if the Raptors did make the playoffs, I, I think there would be stretches where he's on the floor and, you know, even when he's playing well, it's not like, uh, you look up at the scoreboard and it's like, wow, this is, you know, he's like a plus 10 in five minutes or whatever it may be. Right. And I think that's where you'd like to see more of an impact, Um, defensively, you mentioned, I don't, maybe we can get into this now. It's, I I think there has been an improvement in terms of his understanding of the schemes. And even Fred Van Vliet talked early on about how it was weird to see him see Boucher talk to the young guys and be like, Hey, this is where you're supposed to be and that type of thing. But, uh, there's still those basic improvements that he needs to make where obviously, you know, we know what he can do from a shot blocking perspective, but Hey, You know, it's almost a little Hassan Whiteside-ish where if you're just in the right position more often, you won't need to make those recovery blocks, you know, and it will serve the defense as a whole better. Uh, You don't need to jump up at every shot uh, and, you know, a lot of times give away that cheap foul. And so I think things like that, you know, kind of negate what he does provide on the other end of the floor.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I think that's sort of the thing I want to dig into most when we get into the sort of development conversation in just a second here is, you know, where is he at with his defense? How useful is his defense? And I guess we can kind of try to answer the question that's been asked all season long that we've debated plenty of times on this podcast. Uh, What position does Chris Boucher actually play in an optimal sort of situation? We'll get to that in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at... Indeed. Indeed is a uh, wonderful place to go if you are looking to hire for your company. It's a difficult world out there. It's hard finding the right candidates, but Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as 123. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed skills tests that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests, Then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for the applications that meet them exactly. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked, L-O-C-K-E-D. That's Indeed.com slash locked after valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by our pals over at Built Bar, who are making the best-tasting protein bars in the world. They're so good. Yesterday... I went for a 59-kilometer bike ride powered entirely by a Bilt Bar before I went out on my ride. Yes, I was tired at the end, but I would have been far more uh, tired and sapped of energy if I did not have that delicious birthday cake Built Bar at a time. The Bilt Bar, the birthday cake one, is one of their limited-time flavors that pops up on the site from time to time. They also have nine staple flavors that are always there, including my fave mint brownie, which is delicious. So there's something for everybody. You don't know what your favorite flavor is. Just get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. And again, keep an eye out for those flavors that appear on the site once in a while, including things like Coconut Brownie Chunk, which won the Built Bar Madness Bracket a couple months ago. It's freaking delicious. Oh, uh, Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Before we continue on on today's show, just a reminder that we got tons of incredible stuff for you that you should be listening to across the the network when it comes to the NBA playoffs. On the road to the NBA Finals, our NBA Playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it and at 2.6 carbs at 95 calories. If we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season, go listen to the Locked On shows covering you on the road to the Finals. Unfortunately, your Toronto Raptors are not part of that. Not for lack of trying on Chris Boucher's part. Uh, he was quite good again this season, as we kind of went through big outbreak for him. Thirteen point six points, six point seven rebounds, one point one assists, nearly two blocks a game as well in twenty-four minutes. Um, you know, I, I think as we established off the top, he's an NBA player for sure. He has a role where that. Is sort of going to be going forward remains to be seen and I think the biggest thing that is holding him back is his defense we talked about it a little bit in the first segment Vivek kind of invoking Hassan Whiteside and the lack of positional awareness and not always being in the right spot and sometimes having to have those huge blocks to bail himself out and I think a big part of the sort of confusion with Chris Boucher is where exactly he kind of fits on the floor he's I guess a power forward, to me, he kind of plays more like a shooting guard than a power forward, and he's played a lot of center (laughs) as well. He's kind of been all over the place. Um, Big V, for you, let's answer the question once and for all. What position does Chris Boucher play?
2: Oh, yeah, it's power forward for me. I think that's his best role. Uh, I think he doesn't necessarily have uh, the quicks to keep up with small forwards. He doesn't have uh, the size and strength to Well, he has the size. He doesn't have the strength to compete with uh, the bigs in the post. Uh, And we see even when he goes to the rim for those finishes, you describe those, you know, I don't know. When he's going to the rim and he's going up against a big, it's just very uncomfortable for him. You can hear him scream and then uh, it kind of throws it up. And if it goes in, it goes in. But more often than not, it does not uh and usually his best finishes come uncontested so uh, i i think that strength uh is a real issue for him and so that's why power forward is probably the best suited position
1: yeah and i think on the defensive end playing a power forward requires like less responsibility and kind of you, you can have him utilize what makes him so kind of terrifying defensively a little bit better right like I think the ideal is he's a backup to Pascal Siakam going forward. He helps manage the minutes there for Siakam, make sure he's not totally burnt out because you have a viable backup there. And he can do the sort of fly around and fly to the corners and block threes without really having the huge responsibility and burden of being the backline rim protector. And I think... The times where Boucher looked best this season, and frankly, when the Raptors looked best, were when he was playing next to a reliable center. He didn't get a ton of opportunity to play with Ken Birch just because he was hurt, kind of, when Birch was making his arrival with the team. Um, but the best moments of Aaron Baines this season coincided with some of Boucher's best work off the bench, where they got that Killer bees front court working uh, as, a, as a reserve unit. And during that 15-7, 15-9 stretch, or whatever it was, when the Raptors got back to respectability after the 2-8 and eight start it really was built on those guys kind of forming the foundation of the bench and the defense was solid. Baines was doing what you need a backline rim protector to do. And Boucher was free to fly around and, you know, block threes and sometimes foul threes and all that stuff. And so, yeah, I think the debate is put to bed. He's a four and, I would like to see his exposure at the five limited unless it's like a matchup where you're trying to take advantage of someone going small and maybe you can get away with it. But the physicality, the lack of rebounding against big guys, I think uh, really does rule him out as a long-term viable center. In terms of stuff that he kind of improved this year, I think it's worth kind of giving him some credit for that because there's a lot that improved he was a sort of bad shooting high energy like just kind of come in and mess stuff up with chaos guy in 2019-20 was not that this season if there's one thing that Chris Boucher improved to you and maybe it's just as easy as he hit more threes um, but if you're looking at Boucher's sort of overall game this season is there something that stood out to you as like a really notable developmental achievement
2: well, I do think, despite the defensive criticisms, like it was a step up from last season, and I think last season, you know, even with the struggles that we saw uh, for Marcus All, like you still weren't going to see Chris Boucher uh, in that series against the Celtics, right? And um, I think in terms of him being exposed as much, yeah, they're still a long way to go for him, but I think it was a step up from last season and that's what you want to see that, that progression on some level. And so I, I do think, you know, there was an improvement in defending the pick and roll. I think there were times where it, last year he just didn't know where he was supposed to be at all. And you yeah. could see players like sort of calling him out and saying, Hey, you know, we were supposed to trap here. Like you're supposed to be up to the level of the screen, that type of thing. And I think he was more in sync in that regard um there's still the issues again that that i described previously with protecting the rim um and being more of a prevention uh, is better than cure uh kind of guy as opposed to right now being the 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 cure guy but uh yeah i I do think there was an improvement there and then obviously the three-point shot is the most obvious thing i mean shooting 40 percent on non-corner threes that's that's significant
1: yeah, yeah. That's uh that's a really good point. And you know, it's I I feel so bad cuz I feel like I pile on Boucher so much. Like I feel like I'm always <laughs> sort of the like the wet blanket with him just because you know, I kind of am viewing things in terms of what does the next great Raptors team look like? And I'm just not sure where he kind of slots in in that hierarchy, but Maybe Mm -hmm. I need to sort of temper my expectations a little bit and just sort of embrace what it is right now. And I will say, and I've said this before, I'm glad Chris Boucher is on the team because there are very few guys who are as fun to root for on a random regular season night than Chris Boucher when he's going off, right? Like, he can go for 39 and 15 or whatever it is against the Bulls. And yeah, they lose that game. But watching him do it is just an absolute delight. And, you know, there were plenty of games this year that he swung just by being, like, the crazy fun chaos agent that comes in and totally throws off what the other team's expecting, and that's great. Uh, You know, there's nothing wrong with being that player, and I think in the right environment, and we'll get into this in the next segment, I, I do think... There is certainly a place for Boucher on this team long term in terms of you know maybe having lower responsibility, not being counted on so much when things matter most, but still being there to kind of change the energy on a regular season night because you need that. You need guys to sort of liven things up. It's an entertainment product. You need six months of entertainment from the regular season, and Chris Boucher certainly provides that, and frankly, for me, is like worth it based on that alone and the playoff stuff you can deal with if you have the right personnel and you know enough options outside of him to go to when things really sort of of uh, hunkered down and you need that more reliable steady presence um, on that topic let's get into in just a second here the future of Chris Boucher and where he fits in with the team of course he has a, a team option for next season for about six and a half million bucks. And also, uh, you know, there's trades and stuff like that that could potentially go down where he might be an attractive asset to some teams. We'll get to that in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. You can also track all the news and odds and whatever you need for uh, the NBA, the NHL playoffs that are going on, and also UFC, horse racing, tennis is going on, as Big V talked about off the top. If you want to bet on uh, Layla or, uh, uh, felix going deep for canada go nuts that's a great place to go is betonline.ag before the next pitch head over to betonline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest info don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on that's betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts
0: locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: all right big v let's wrap this thing up and take a look at the future of chris boucher with the toronto raptors uh i'm asking you a hypothetical gun to your head again no one would ever hold a gun to anybody's head to ask them a sports question but we're doing it for the purposes of this podcast uh is chris boucher on the raptors next season
2: I am actually going to say yes. Okay. I th- I, I think he's gonna sort of, uh, you know, take this time. Actually, you know what? I've just flipped my answer in my head. <laughs> as, as I was Talk just about. Talk us through to it answer. as you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say no. Uh, I I think, you know with him not being there for team Canada, working on his game, realizing what his options are, you know, you would have thought maybe there was a chance to make that, you know, final impression on Nick nurse and continue to work. Uh, But I think looking at the needs of the team, they might move in another direction. Obviously there's um, the money that they potentially might have, depending on what Kyle Lowry does uh, and looking to upgrade what they have available uh, as options at the center and maybe even the backup power forward position. So uh, I'm going to say that Chris Boucher moves on to another team. I mean, you know, just numbers wise, he might've even played himself out of a return just because
1: uh, there might be a team out there that might
2: throw uh, a crazy number at him.
1: Right. Well, he's not a free agent. If the Raptors don't want it to be this year, right? Like he's a, he's yeah, a team. Exactly.
2: Option. So it's a team
1: option. Yeah. I would say I would expect the Raptors to pick that option up because six and a half million is a pretty reasonable amount to be paying to a guy doing what Chris Boucher does production-wise. You know, obviously the, the the cap space thing looms large for sure. And if Kyle's gone, which you know, I, I think. For me, I don't really have any sort of handicap on that situation. 50 50, I don't know. <laughs> like, if Kyle's gone, that would incline them to want to try to open up more space to maybe go chase a John Collins or something like that. Um, you know, if the Hawks deem him kind of surplus to what they need, um, it's tough. I also I think I'm with you. I don't think he's going to be on the team next season, but for a different reason, I think they're going to trade him. I, I think mm. they're going to capitalize on him having a, a reasonably easy to move contract and also some production. And I think they might try to use this opportunity to move on from Boucher, kind of sell high after what might be his best or definitely his best season so far, and maybe try to turn it into something that's a little bit more sort of a part of the future. You know, I know I keep joking about my Miles Turner agenda, which requires Chris Boucher involved in a Miles Turner trade. That still seems like it could be on the table. I don't know. Like, who knows what the Pacers are thinking? I never know what the Pacers are thinking about anything or anyone on their team. So that's, I think, something that could be, you know, potentially a a path to follow. There's other guys out there as well. You know, it's hard to pick, come up with names right now. Things change. You know, the playoffs, I think, will have some bearing on who becomes available. Um, But I think there's... a, a. Pretty good. I mean, as much as you can expect a trade, which more often than not you should say the trade is not going to happen. But if I'm getting bold with my prediction, I'll say that he gets traded at like the draft or something like that, and then finds his way to a new team that way, as opposed to just getting outright, you know, declined by the Raptors. Um, You know, that said, if he's back, I don't have a problem with it. And I talked last week when we were talking to Yasmin about Gary Trent. That I think you kind of have the makings of a pretty decent second unit if you're looking at, you know, Flynn, Trent, Birch, and Boucher as like your staples of that next four. Throw in a little Yuta Watanabe if you want. Um, you know, does that interest you at all? Does that seem like a pretty good way to use him and kind of insulate him if he's playing with some solid players? He's not necessarily being asked to be the number one or two option in a lineup, and he gets to play next to a steady center like Ken Birch for you know a, a big majority of his minutes
2: yeah, he's a decent option. I mean, I think you look at what's out there. Uh, as you said, the trade option is obviously gonna be there if they pick up the option, uh, the team option. And yeah, I, I just think I look at the overall impact and I think you know, whether it's more minutes for Utah and finding someone else who can chip in, I, I think that would be the direction that I would lean in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if if you can't find a better option, Uh, then yeah I have no issues with him returning if that's the case
1: yep that's uh Pretty reasonable. Look at you being all reasonable. That's why we love you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Do you have any parting shots about Chris Boucher before we wrap this bad boy up? Do you have any sort of lingering thoughts we haven't gotten to after uh, his second season, third season, second season in Toronto? Third season, I guess. He was kind of a a G League hand during his first year uh, with the the franchise, but um, that's besides the point. Do you have any parting shots about Chris Boucher?
2: Well, I guess the last thing I would finish off on is we talked about the non-corner shooting but the corner yeah. shooting is a bit weird so yeah. in the 1920 season he shot 28 percent from corners and this season he shot 31 yeah and you would think for someone who's shooting around 40 percent from non-corner threes that those corner threes would be uh, much better than that and i think especially with the way the raptors would want to space the floor uh like those looks from corners for him are going to be important because more often than not you're going to be Having Pascal up top, um, Fred, uh, Kyle, depending on whether he comes back. And so there are going to be those possessions where he's going to have to space from the corner. And so if he's not able to be as uh, great of a threat from there, it it does kind of hurt things in that regard.
1: Yeah, I'd argue that under an ideal construction of the team, most of his threes come from the corner, because I think he benefited this year from a centerless environment where he was asked to be the center and main screener more often than not and was turning that into pick-and-pop opportunities up high. If you have Mm -hmm. real centers on the team and you're playing Boucher in his optimal spot at the four, then you're probably having him space into the corner and not having him screen because you'll have your Kem Birches or name X center they bring in as that sort of primary screening option you know Boucher's not exactly a good screener either so there's reasons to kind of move him out of that spot where maybe he's not being utilized perfectly despite him being good on those above above the break three above the break threes blah and if he can sort of increase that proficiency from the corners, I think that that may just kind of be the swing skill for him, honestly, where he fits into the construct of the team a lot better. So that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up as a parting shot. That's what parting shots are for, man. Uh, <laughs> it's a, a great way to go out here. Big V um, before we wrap, do you have anything you would like to promote?
2: This is your usual stuff, man. CBC sports, uh, North courts, uh, Complex Canada, Red Couch, Manx, Manchester United season is done, but we're doing off-season content and leading up to the Euros. Hell yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of content that you can look forward to for me, especially leading up to these Olympics, if
1: if they happen. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, for your sake, I hope they happen. For the world's sake... Mm, a little cooler on it, but uh, if, you, yeah. if you get to cover them and write on them, that's uh, very, very good to me, because you're the best. And again, you're giving all of our wonderful athletes the boost. If If Canada wins a bunch of golds this year... I'm assuming it's because of you uh, (laughs) just talking to all of the prospective gold medal winners. Um, So congratulations in advance. You're a king. Um, That'll do it for today's show. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Uh, Subscribe to, rate, review, follow, whatever it is that your podcast app of choice asks you to do to the podcast you listen to. Please do it. It's very appreciated. Um, Also, just a heads up, later on this month, June 22nd, is draft lottery day, baby, and on that day, we're going to have a fun little event. I'll release more details on it this week, but the general idea is it's going to be a Zoom call with myself, hopefully Big V, Katie, some friends, and uh, you, the listeners, and basically your way in will be to Donate to a cause of my choosing or a couple causes of my choosing still sort of working through what those causes are going to be. It will likely be an indigenous fund and or a uh, a Palestine support fund. Um, So just keep an eye out for that and we will uh, keep you posted there. I'll have all details and everything like that. But June 22nd, we're going to do a live zoom draft lottery watch party. We'll have some drinks. We'll do some maybe trivia or something like that. We'll take your questions and then we'll watch the draft lottery together, which will be a delight. Um, So yeah, just stay tuned for that a little bit later. Later on in the week, as we reveal details for that. Till then, thank you so much. Uh, Very, very appreciated for all you listening, and we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye bye.
0: Hey, Prime members.